This is a topic that I feel like is everywhere on Instagram right now. Or maybe it's just because I follow these accounts. But triggering is such a big topic, but it is for good reason because we all deal with it every single day. I mean, is there a day that goes by where you don't get triggered? I don't think so. So for me, getting triggered is a topic that does make me feel shame because if I'm around someone that is highly triggering for me, I get into this mental cycle of this like mental chatter of just why can't I be more loving? Why can't I be more loving? Why am I feeling these low energy, low vibration feelings of anger and irritation? Why can't I just be more loving? So for me, that's getting triggered is sometimes how my shame shows up. And it mainly shows up when the person that is triggering me is not doing anything bad. They are innocently being themselves and it triggers me. And I, that's when I start feeling like, is there something wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why? So that's how it shows up for me, which is why this topic is really important to me because it makes me start feeling like shameful about myself and what's wrong with me and is, there is something wrong with me. Why can't I be more loving? So this is how it shows up for me and not all of the time. That's for sure. I get triggered all the time, especially on social media. You know, with this COVID area, every era, everything is triggering. But first, let's cover what is that feeling? I'm triggered. Now what? That triggering feeling, I think probably feels the same for everyone. And it might change depending on the circumstance, but... Typically, it's just this huge flood of a low vibration emotion. I don't like saying a good emotion and a bad emotion because all emotions are messengers. That's it. An emotion is a messenger to us about something. It's a communication tactic from our body. So triggers aren't even bad. Triggers are a communication tactic from our body telling us something. So it is a lower, you know, yucky vibration, emotion, like anger, irritation, annoyance. So I think when I was younger, maybe, you know, early 20s, when I wasn't, you know, very aware, emotionally intelligent, nothing like that, I would probably have categorized me being annoyed with someone or annoyed of a situation that was me being triggered. But I didn't understand what being triggered was. I had no idea. Clueless. So I think if people aren't that emotionally aware yet, they would categorize being triggered as, I'm so annoyed, I'm so irritated by someone or something. So if you notice you're triggered, congratulations, you noticed you were feeling something in the moment. That's presence. You are having presence with your emotions in the moment congratulations that is step one step one is being aware this is what i constantly say on all of these episodes step one is being aware because you cannot change what you are not aware of step one being aware when you're triggered and you and you notice whoa i'm triggered i'm flooded with this huge low energy emotion it doesn't feel good i don't feel good you noticed 
Yes, that is the first step. This is all in my opinion. So I'm going to kind of walk through what I do or what I would suggest what to do when you're triggered. And this is just my opinion based on my experiences. It is not fact. Anything I say is not fact. It's just I've concluded all of this through practice, reflection, contemplation, observing people, observing myself. A lot of this is my tried and true method with myself and my ego and my triggers. So the first step is being aware. Second step is maybe doing an inventory of am I hangry? Am I hormonal? Is it because I had no sleep last night? Those are probably the biggest factors because it's true for all humans, even little kids. You know, all the moms are saying, oh, my kid is hungry. He gets like this and he's hungry. Well, we all get a certain way when we're hungry, but we also get a certain way when we haven't had sleep. Sleep is huge. Sleep deprivation changes people. And then our hormones. Oh my gosh, ladies. This is huge. And people in postpartum, this can last for months. It, I haven't been through that, but I cannot imagine how hard it is. Because I have finally found with myself and my hormones, a few days before I get my period, my husband's smelly socks on the floor make me see red. Like, I don't see red in any other aspect of my life except when my hormones have reached this certain peak or valley and a smell, you know, I'm very sensitive to smells, a smell like his socks make me see red. One time, broccoli made me mad. The smell of broccoli cooking in the oven made me see red. And when it was happening, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening with me? Broccoli's making me mad. Broccoli's triggering me. And usually when it is the absolutely craziest thing that triggers me, like broccoli, that's when I know, okay, hormones, hormones. And there's nothing I can do about it besides giving myself self-grace and probably communicating to my husband, hey, I'm freaking out about your smelly socks because of my hormones, except I really wish he could notice like, hey, that's, I, I always want him to emotionally attune to me. That's just my little victimhood. Like, oh, I want him to emotionally attune to me and be like, hey, why are you freaking out about this or that? That's always my dream. That's my victimhood. Like, poor little me. Why can't he do that to me? Yeah, that's my cycle. Anyways, I actually already screwed up. Step one, awareness. Step two should be a timeout. Can you take five to ten minutes to go for a walk, go in your bedroom, take a shower? Can you give yourself a timeout so then you can do your self-analysis? You can do a checklist of, am I hungry? Am I hormonal? Am I, did I have a lack of sleep? Am I overstimulated? Did I have a stressful day? Obviously, those are huge and those are kind of common sense, but sometimes we don't realize when we are getting overwhelmed, too overwhelmed, and then we like snap. So those simple ones and then a deeper level of self-analysis is that a lot of times with our partner, 
we start getting triggered a lot more frequently when we have needs that are not being met. We might feel like we're doing everything around the house, everything for the kids. We're, we feel like it's all on our shoulders and we, have, we are not being recognized for it. We don't feel appreciated for it. So that's an unmet need of the need to feel appreciated or acknowledged. Honestly, I don't like always putting that blame on the partner. Like I have an unmet need of being appreciated because the number one thing that I find is that if we feel like we're not being seen and heard or appreciated by our partner, we're not giving those things to ourselves first and foremost. Like if we don't feel like we're being heard by our partner, well, we're actually most likely not hearing ourselves. We are not listening to our inner voice. We ignore our inner voice. We ignore ourselves and then expect our partner to pick up the slack. That's not okay. I feel like that is a very, very common pattern. So in this inventory, I would always do the inventory first towards yourself. Am I listening to myself? Am I appreciating myself? Am I giving myself love or support? That is the most important aspect. And then secondary, it can be our partner. Because of course, when we live a life and we have a partnership, our partner is a big part of it. But first and foremost, our relationship with ourself is primary. And, that, and when it's not primary, this is when things go haywire. A pretty classic example is say a mother is getting triggered by her children constantly, constantly, you know, really frequently. Well, a lot of times that bottles up and builds up because the mother hasn't given herself appreciation and support and love for self-care and taking care of herself. She's ignoring. And of course, this happens to all mothers because you're trying to keep another human alive. So you're like, I can't listen to my own needs. I have to keep this other human alive. Of course. But when we get triggered constantly with insane frequency, a big cause could be that you are ignoring your inner voice, your intuition, your own needs. And even if it's a 15 minute shower or bath or a drive by yourself, you know, a trip to Target, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And I have a guess that a lot of times triggers start coming with greater frequency when we are trying to pour from an empty cup. And that is a clue that you need to time out, do a self-analysis, see what's going on with you. First, what is going on in your physical body that might be causing this trigger? And then what is going on in your emotional body? Have you been stressed out, overwhelmed? What's going on in your emotional body? This taking a time out and getting a self-analysis of yourself is self-care. Another possible reason for a trigger could be avoidance. Tax season is coming up. Taxes stress a lot of people out, including me. And sometimes we might deny reality, avoid reality, avoid you know that tax deadline coming up because when you feel it, it's so stressful. So you could just shove it away, shove it away, deny it, deny it, avoid it. 
and the stress might slowly start bubbling up and be projected out onto you know, a mess that just happened on the counter, but really you're so freaking stressed about taxes and what your bill might be or anything with IRS is just stressful. So you could be freaking out about, you know, the mess that just happened in your kitchen, but really you're just so on edge about something you've been avoiding in your life. And the tax one is kind of true for me because I just, I hate that topic, but it could be anything, especially in a partnership. It could be you're avoiding a conversation with your partner that causes you a lot of stress. Say you found something on their Instagram or their computer that is very alarming and you are dragging your feet talking about it. And it and you think about it all the time and you ruminate on it and it causes you a lot of stress and anxiety, but you're avoiding the conversation and it's building up in you. And then it's just coming out in different ways. You're getting triggered by this this little stupid thing he might do but really there's this monster of this topic that is inside of you eating up at you and you're just kind of avoiding it and scared about the top uh, scared about having the conversation that could be happening too there are so many possible scenarios that I'm just going to keep talking about possible scenarios that maybe this will plant a seed in your head another possibility is Say there's this one person that triggers you quite a lot. It's usually a family member. Ask yourself if you have unhealed trauma with that person. Maybe there was an event that happened in your teen years or your 20s in which there was never, there was a rupture in the relationship, but there was never really a repair. So something traumatic could have happened or not even massive trauma, you guys. It could be, You go to them and you confide in them and they deny your reality. Or they don't believe you. You can go to someone with sexual abuse that you had, that you experienced, and you go to this person and confide in them and they don't believe you. That's massively traumatic. It's just a lot of times our version of trauma is so big that it's basically anytime you're not seen, heard, believed, those, that's all trauma. Or perhaps they did something in the past that you haven't forgiven them for. And so you are holding on to resentment towards them. So it's this deep-seated resentment that has not been healed. It has not been dealt with. It has just been, you know, a little band-aid on it. And now you're getting triggered by something from the past that really has nothing to do with what they're doing now. Now for the most common reason for triggers. Are you ready? It's because the person reminds you of you. And no, you will deny that until the day you die, unless you face it. So the truth that happens most of the time is that this person that triggers you has this personality trait or this quality about them that you cannot accept or acknowledge in yourself. So for me, I've been told my whole life I'm selfish because I know my needs and I state them and I am assertive with my needs. That's just who I am. It's, it's just who I am. It's how I was born. And this in, in this culture, in this society, when you are verbal with your needs and you don't expect other people to mind read you, 
you get called selfish. So I personally don't believe I'm selfish, but it is this wound inside of me. It's something that I don't fully accept about myself, I don't think, because people that are just like me, who are very assertive with their needs and put themselves before other people, they trigger the crap out of me. They are acting exactly the way I act and it triggers me so bad. And it's probably because I can't fully accept these qualities in me because they were so not accepted in my youth. I was not praised for stating my needs in my youth. I was called I was selfish. So I do have this kind of hang up of this innate personality trait that I have, which now causes me to become so triggered by other people I perceive as selfish. And I they're not really selfish. They're not. They just know their needs. They know what they want and they're verbal with it. That's it. To be honest, your ego will probably revolt against this information. It will probably say, no, I am nothing like this person. But of course, there are exercises you can do if you're ready to get down to the root of your triggers. Sydney Leanne on Instagram, she shared these two different methods that I did a few months ago, and it was eye-opening. It was crazy. So one method, she explains, is say someone says, Leah, you're so sensitive. Well, that would ricochet off me because I know I'm not sensitive. (laughs) Like, I know I'm not sensitive. I don't have any wounds with that. I don't have any past childhood trauma with that, or I was never called that. It literally means nothing to me. It has 0% trigger over me because I know that I am not sensitive. And there is no wounding there with being sensitive. But if someone said, Leah, you're so selfish, that would wound me because that is my wound. That is what I was called in childhood. So it is something that I kind of believe about myself because I was told that I was this way. So when someone calls us something or says something about us that wounds us so deeply, it's because we kind of do believe it about ourselves. And when things ricochet off of us, we know there's, there's no wounding there. When it ricochets off, mm, nothing there. Because I know it's not true. There is no truth to that. So when something does penetrate you so deeply and you are so hurt, that is a clue. That is a clue that there is some wounding there. There are some beliefs that you do believe about yourself that this person nailed on the head that you're not facing. So I would kind of put this blanket statement out that if someone calls you a name or says something about your personality that really, really affects you and you latch onto it, it's probably because you do believe it about yourself. And it doesn't really have much to do about them. It's that you believe it about yourself and you haven't faced that in yourself or you don't want to acknowledge that within you. Another good example is if someone was like, Leah, all you care about is money. I would, I would like laugh because... 
I don't care about money. It has no effect on me. It is not my wound. But if they said something like, Leah, you're so controlling. You just want to control everyone. Yup. Yup, that would wound me because I know it's true. But I mean, I've faced that in myself and I know that is a core wound in me and like a core issue and it's true for everyone i've done control podcast episodes on control but control is my main theme in my life so if someone were to pinpoint and talk about that in me i would take great offense to it i'd be triggered by it but if someone was like leah you just care about money i would like laugh because it's not true it's so not true So if we get triggered by something someone says about us, that means something. There is something in us that we're not acknowledging. It might be an aspect of ourselves that we have denied so that when they point it out, triggered, triggered. Nope, we've been denying this aspect of ourselves. Nope, we don't have this. Nope, I'm not that way. Our triggers are our communication tactics from our body. They are not bad. It is simply an alert system. Okay, for the next big topic, people who trigger you that are so different than you. Okay, in this COVID era, the people that are posting the opposite belief system as you in this COVID era, it's probably going to trigger you. So a lot of times it we say, no, this person is not like me at all. They're the opposite of me and they're the opposite of me. This is why they trigger me because they have this opposite belief of me. Like I'm liberal and they're conservative and everything they post about conservatism, about um, being Republican triggers me because they're so different than me. So how and why am I so triggered by someone so different than me? And this is a whole other category. So I'm going to talk about the other method that Sydney Leanne talked about in regards to this. So what she said, she got it from somewhere. I know she's probably not the, the original author of this method. She says that when someone triggers you that is so different than you, they have a completely different belief than you, for example, ask yourself, what type of person would believe blank? Or what type of person would behave in this way? I'll explain three different scenarios using this method that I recently posted on my Instagram stories because I deconstructed the trigger of people that are totally different than me and I was mind blown, okay? So I believe in a creator. My relationship with my creator is so important to me. It is my everything. So when people make science their God, mm, triggers me, okay? Triggers me. Okay, so I had to ask myself, what type of person would make science their god? And it might take a little bit to get down to the answer. You might shift a lot of different answers in your mind until something just feels right. So the answer that I got is, what type of person would make science their god? It's a person that wants to believe in something greater than themselves. They want to believe in science because it's beyond them. It's beyond themselves. They want to believe in something greater. And that is me. That's why I believe in God. I want to believe in something bigger than myself. 
So the person that makes science their God and me, we are the same. We are the same. Isn't that amazing? We are the same because we want to both believe in something greater than ourselves. We just believe in different things. But the core root of what we're doing is we want to believe in something bigger than just us. Okay, the next one. So I'm in this space in my life where I'm completely neutral on the political scale. So liberals piss me off and conservatives piss me off. I'm not kidding. They both trigger me. Both ends of the spectrum trigger me. So when I ask myself, what type of person would want to be on their high horse and be a liberal? What type of person would want to be on their high horse of like virtue signaling and, you know, policing morality? It's the person that wants to feel good about themselves. It's a person that wants to feel good about what they're doing for the world and for other people because they just want to feel good about themselves. And I'm like that. I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel good about all the things I do for other people. So I am just like them. I am no different. Isn't that amazing? Okay, the next one is conservatives. So I have this judgment that a lot of conservatives are just narrow-minded. So what type of, what type, and this might be triggering for you guys, okay? But what type of person would be a conservative, a narrow-minded conservative? In my opinion, it's the type of person that wants to protect their family at all costs. So typically, they don't care about everyone else in the world and they just care about their own family. But I am like that. I would save my own child over someone else's child. We all would. And conservatives kind of just own that. They want to protect their families and themselves at all costs. And I personally think we all, at the end of the day, between life and death, we all would choose that. So I am just like them. We are all the same. This is what this method shows you, is that at the core, we are not different. And the aspects of them that trigger you, you are just the same. You're just displaying it in a different way or you're just denying that you're like them. But when you get down to the core, we're all the same. The last method that I have for you guys is the writing letters method, which is always my method. If, if, I, if I ever am dealing with something, I write a letter. Okay, not always. Not always. But okay, with the trigger, it can be so helpful if you write a letter to the person that's triggering you and you don't give it to them. You burn it. But writing a letter to the person that triggers you and you know you're not giving it to them, you can be 100% honest. You can be so brutally honest. You could say the most hurtful, hateful things. But the important thing is that you're honest with yourself. That's what the freedom of this letter method gives you is it allows you to tap into your truest, deepest, darkest feelings and getting them out onto paper. Because then you just burn it. You flush it down the toilet. No one's going to see it but you. Most of the time when I do this method, I uncover the real reason I'm triggered. It just starts bubbling up. You might not even be controlling it, 
But it's because you're giving yourself space and freedom to be truly truthful with yourself that clarity arises. When you're triggered, you could also write a letter to your younger self, the little you. You know, just say your parent triggered you. And you can write a letter to the little you and say all the things you wish someone told you as a child. Or you could tell the little you all the things you wish your parent would tell you now. That's how you become your own parent. Write a letter to the inner child in you that needs to hear all the things you wish your parents would tell you. You are your own parent. So I know with everything I talked about in the past 30 minutes, it could feel overwhelming. It was a lot of information because it is a lot. I have discovered these steps, these baby steps, step by step, and you just got all of this in 30 minutes. So you might have to listen to this again and you might have to take notes or maybe you just weren't even ready to hear this because it can be overwhelming, but just know that it is a process and we just do our best with what we know and then once we learn more, then we can do even better, but it is a process and it is not fast and it's not overnight. Of course, my ultimate goal always is for you guys to gain even greater self-awareness little bit by little bit. It is seriously the slowest process. Just let it evolve. But if you gained, you know, one little thing, just, oh, when I'm triggered, I need to assess whether I'm hungry or hormonal. That seems so common sense, but that little nugget might have helped someone. And for that, I'm so grateful. Lastly, when I was discussing the person in your life that you might frequently get triggered by, you know, most commonly a family member, when I was discussing the possible triggers, say you went to them when you were young and said a problem or an abuse that happened and they denied your reality, yes, that is a trauma. But I didn't really list out other possible traumas, which obviously the big ones are physical abuse, But mental and verbal abuse are so common. Also, if they abandon you in some way, abandon you in a very emotional moment, that could be sticking with you forever. If they rejected you or if they betrayed you. These are all huge traumas and there are many, many, many traumas. But I just wanted to clarify that because I mainly just said, oh, if you haven't felt heard or seen when those are traumas, But there are so many other traumas and I just felt like I kind of breezed by it and didn't fully explain how your childhood traumas or your adolescent traumas with, you know, just simple rejection. You know, you went to this family member and they they rejected you in some way. That is a trauma. It can be a trauma for someone. And if it's unresolved, we could be carrying that in our body. And the triggers are coming out from that unresolved trauma. 